Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers podcast. My name is Cameron Bell and I'm here with your extra show for the week. We are going to review the Motherwell game uh, from earlier on in the week and most importantly have a little bit of a preview towards the upcoming Old Firm game coming up on Monday. Uh, joining me to discuss both of those games uh, and looking forward to what I'm sure will be an interesting conversation is my very good friend Ross Hutton. Ross, thank you for joining me on Extra this week. Thank you very much, Cammy. Last extra of the year. It's flew in, hasn't it? It is indeed. It has indeed. From Seville to uh, stormy showers and rain peeing down everywhere, uh, the weather in Scotland has been pretty problematic at times, but now it's just dreich to use a good old sport term. <laughs> yeah, quite. It's, uh, well, that's why I was, I was obviously, we'll talk about it later on, Cammy, but I was at the press conference today via Zoom because all the trains were cancelled. So, no solutions to all problems. <laughs> there you go. That's the world we live in now. Eh? Yeah, so listen, let's uh, let's touch on the Motherwell game, uh, Ross, because we were uh, at Ibrox on Wednesday night. Um, and I think it's fair to say that Michael Beale has had some great results. The performances, I think, are... are coming into question a little bit, and that's where we've had some of the conversation around, and, and certainly in recent shows, both uh, here and also on our Patreon site. But um, for me, I thought we were going to go into the middle game probably with a good surge of optimism. I think that you know we got a tough result um, up in Dingwall. Uh, coming back into Ibrox in terms of what was going to be obviously our last home game of the year as well, I thought we'd get a, a sellout crowd, which we did. Ibrox was sold out, I think, from a couple of days beforehand. Um, and just a good opportunity to see the team in that kind of wee weird period between Christmas and New Year. You don't know what day it is. You don't know what date it is. It's all right to have eggnog with cornflakes and stuff. But it was uh, it was a good display. I thought. I thought that you know there was there was a, a, a probably a, a newfound confidence which has been building up within the team, and now we had the opportunity to probably show that from from the first whistle and. 
Uh, it certainly didn't disappoint um, in terms of being able to go in 2-0 in, uh, at half-time. Were you pleased with what you saw throughout the course of the 90 minutes? Yeah, relatively. I'm never going to sit and, and knock a 3-0 win at home, um, especially in those kind of conditions where Motherwell have caused this team problems before we can think back to the two home games last season. For example, where Motherwell caused us a whole host of problems, mainly of our own making, but we put ourselves in that position and we dropped points to them twice at Ibrox. So from the, the results perspective, and I think the manager's on the same page with this, can't knock it at all. And that goes throughout the other three games that we've played under Michael Beale in the League 2. Obviously the, the 3-2 home win against Hibs, the 3-2 away win against Aberdeen and the 1-0 win up in Dingwall. You can throw in the 3-0 Motherwell game, none of them have been particularly sparkling performances. We've still not played with that that kind of freedom and and choix de vie that we've seen from Rangers teams in the past, but the results are trending in the right direction. How sustainable that is without the performances to back them up, I'm not entirely sure. But for the most part I thought we were comfortable. I didn't really think we were ever in any serious danger in in the first half. I don't think we still created as much as what we possibly have liked to in those circumstances. But like I say, I think on the overall I'm very happy with those three points and I'll take 19 more comfortable 3-0 wins at home. Well, one of the things I do want to talk to you about as well, because um, as I mentioned before on our heart and hand site, uh, you are part of our Rangers B team uh, experts. And what I wanted to be able to try and just talk to you a little bit about whilst I have you is Borna Barisic comes back in. He's obviously returned from the, the, the World Cup. Uh, Adam Devine dropped out to the bench. I personally thought Devine has done very well. Um, anyone who's listened to any shows with me on them, when we talk about youth development, I'm always very cautious. I want to be able to bring the youths in as and when we can, bleed them into a team to be able to do it. And Devine has, I think, done very well, considering the fact that he's been he's been thrown in um, because we've had very little, if no cover in some parts of the, 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 the team. And also having to play out of position. And I thought he did well uh, against Ross County, uh, which, you know, again, as you mentioned earlier on, I, I a tough venue to go to. Um, drops out, Barisic comes back in and I think, you know, it's like as if we're going back in time because in 13 minutes we've uh, got a whipping Borna Barisic cross which comes in, meets the head of Alfredo Morelos. Rangers are 1-0 up and, you know, it's it's it feels like it's old times again. That being said, I don't want it to discount away from what Devine has delivered within the team. I think he'll have got some great experience out the back of that as well. And my hope is that we'll see more of them as and when we can, depending on what you know business we may or may not do within the transfer window. But I think he has he's given the manager another option. Yeah, absolutely. And I think two things can be true at the same time, Cammy. It can be true that Borna Barisic came back in uh, against Burrow and had a really good game. I think he did, actually. And to be fair, Bill had said that, that he trained really, really well in a couple of days prior. So that's really encouraging, and that's absolutely true. I mean, the, the ball in for Morelos for the first goal is wicked. as Borna Barisic of old, the Borna Barisic that, that we have known to grow in love over the course of his time at Rangers. But it can also be true that in the games prior to that, Adam Devine acquitted himself admirably. I think he was an absolute credit to Rangers when he was on that pitch. And you're right, James, I have had the, the luxury and the opportunity of being able to watch Adam Devine up close in a, a different environment a different setting with the B team in the in the loan league, but that was primarily as a right back. So you're asking him to display a, a slightly different skill set on the other side as a left back. He has done it before. He has filled in at left back, but it was just that. It's filling in. It's like his natural position. 
And I think you could see when Adam Devine got forward the kind of threats that he could offer. But there was also some positions, and I think all three of the games where you thought, if you were just a natural left footer, son, you know, he could get an. He, he could tell that himself. His natural instinct would be to put it back on his right foot, as it would be. You know, any of us or anyone who has played in a position out with their usual and had to kind of change onto the wrong foot knows that it's a, it's a mentally quite taxing thing to do because your natural instinct is to go with your stronger foot. So there's been occasions, there's many of them against Ross County, actually, where you thought, you know, a natural left footer probably puts a ball in there, the way that Borna Barisic does for Morelos for the first goal. So I think the value that Adam Devine will take from those performances will be invaluable uh, for, in terms of his development, in terms of his confidence, in terms of the plaudits that has won him. He's done himself no harm whatsoever. And I think given the way that not just the manager, but the rest of the squad have spoken about Mkami, he is now firmly in that first team setting. And when we talk about youth development at Rangers, the end goal is always how many first team players can we produce? Adam Devine is now firmly in that bracket and that's the, the biggest achievement he could have won out of those three games. And I, and I will come back on to one of the youth players uh, who started against Motherwell as well in just a second. But as we mentioned there, 2-0 up by half-time and, and we are still back in yesteryear because um, a Borna Barisic cross meets Connor Goldson and Rangers are 2-0 up from a header which just skits the underside of the bar. I love those types of goals. It just, you know, they just grace the underside and then they, they, they drop down just over the line. It's a great header. A great delivery as well. Um, I think, as you said, Ross, there was parts in this where we looked pretty comfortable. Maybe could have been a little bit tighter. Could have been a little bit, um, a bit more productive with the ball and a little bit more kind of efficient with it at times. But two 0 up at half time, I think Motherwell were always going to struggle to be able to come back from that, regardless. Um, but a, a great return to scoring goals from corners and also uh, the goal score, uh, the goal scorer Connor Goldson. Yeah, um, I believe I'm right in saying that's Connor Goldson's first goal of the season as well. So that's another massive positive because if you think in, in years gone by how much of an asset Connor Goldson has been to us at corners and how much of a threat he has posed, we need to try and get him back scoring, scoring on that semi-regular basis because it adds that different dynamic to our attacking threat as another string in our bow, so to speak. And it's something that We've actually started doing a wee bit more under Michael Beale as looking like a genuine threat from set pieces. I don't need to remind anyone of that St Johnston game in Perth where, oh my God, we would be still there now swinging balls into the box against nobody and it would never get near one. So to have that genuine output and that genuine level of attacking threat from set pieces is so, so pleasing because we, we were fine on uh, on Wednesday night against Motherwell. We were able to score in different ways from different uh, goal scorers, but there's going to be times later on in the season where we're going to be in a sticky game and we're going to have to try and find a way to win and get back into doing that on a regular basis. Set pieces are a massive part of how we can do that. Now, the other youth player that I, you know, I obviously wanted to, to talk to you a little bit about, Ross, is Alec Lowry, who uh, started the game. I feel came in... He, I, I've... I understand the noise around Lowry. I think that he has got um, a fantastic level of talent, which is just going to do nothing but continue to grow. I know there's been issues with injuries and there's been issues with him to be able to try and come back and get up to match fitness at the beginning of the season. Um, but to see him coming in, making his first team uh, start on, on probably a game which I think you rightly said was always going to be tricky, right? This was going to be a, against a tough, physical Motherwell team that know how to be able to try and put it about. I don't think he shot a challenge. I, I think he looked positive and creative on the ball. I don't think that when you've seen him play in the first team, 
it's ever looked like it's phased them. And I think that that's a huge thing that can look easy, but in actual fact, it's pretty difficult. Um, and I'm keen to see... I'm keen to see more of him, but again, I'll, I'll I'll always stand by this. At the right time, in the right space, so long as he's not thrown into it, so long as it doesn't um, curtail his development. But listen, I think that, that you know this lad does have a big future for us. There's a lot of positive talk around him. You've obviously seen him in the flesh far more than I have. How did you think he got on on Wednesday? I think he was fine. I think he acquitted himself perfectly well. And I think with any player that generates a lot of noise, this isn't necessarily exclusive to a young player coming through the ranks at Rangers, but it possibly comes with its own added pressure. We can sometimes be in danger of going down the sugar or shite route. I think in the kind of some of the discourse I've seen about Alex Lowry since Wednesday night, it's either been, oh yeah, he was really, really good. Maybe people jumping to his defence and other people saying, oh no, I don't think he took his chance or, or anything like that. I thought he was perfectly adequate. I think people are right to point out some of the pla- uh, the passes rather that he uh, tried to tried to make were misplaced. That was unfortunate, but I do agree with you. I didn't think he struck the challenge. I think he was always looking for the ball, which is a positive. And by the way, not something we've seen a lot of from some of the Rangers players who are much more senior than him. I think the other thing we need to kind of take into account with Alex Lowry the other night is he was playing a wee bit deeper than what I think we've seen him play before. I think when James and I have seen him play for the B team, it's usually been in that number 10 role or along that front three. He was playing a wee bit deeper, which comes with a different skill set and you need to be able to offer different things in that role. But we talk about the long-term development. We spoke about the long-term development of Adam Devine. You and I have spoken about the long-term development of Leon King. I think for the long-term development of Alex Lowry to, to play in that position, to get that different perspective on the game at that young an age in a fixture like that is invaluable. I don't think he'd done himself any harm, really, eh, against Motherwell at all. I'd want to see more of him. And the fact we have such a, a hectic January, starting against Celtic, of course, but overall the month is quite busy. I think there's going to be opportunities for him to do that. So with any young player coming through, we, we shouldn't fall into the trap of saying they need to be brilliant every game. And to be fair, right up until this point, whenever Lowry has played for the first team, he has really, really, really impressed. I think he impressed me again all Wednesday night in a different way. It doesn't always need to be driving with the ball forward and scoring the goals. That's what we want to see. But sometimes you need to offer something a wee bit different, show a wiser aspect to your game. You'll grow into it. I'm, I'm intensely relaxed about where we are right now with Alex Lowry and his development. I think Michael Beal is the perfect manager to be able to manage him well through this stage and through this transition in his career because he's done it before. He's really big on youth development. He speaks about it incredibly well whenever he's asked about it. So I'm intensely relaxed with not just where Lowry is, but with the general direction of travel of the entire academy within Rangers now. Well, the game um, pretty much already done, but was definitely put to bed uh, just after the hour mark by Malik Tillman. A lovely finish just through the legs of his, of his defender. Um, another goal for him, which I think will, will do him no harm uh, whatsoever, given that wee bit of, kind of confidence boost. I think Ross, with one eye uh, on the old firm game, the manager made some key changes um, a few minutes later, taking off Jack Lindstrom, Tavernier and Alec Lowry. Um, and uh, as I say, the game was, was pretty much done and dusted. The manager afterwards, Ross, and I think this is quite interesting because speaking to to you know our lads in the press conference and, and I think the general demeanour of how um, David and Martin broke it down afterwards was Michael Beale didn't really seem as if he was overly enthused. He didn't come in with, you know, he wasn't skipping through into, into talking to the guys. He wasn't overjoyed. 
And I think that's quite interesting because, firstly, I think Michael Beale has been very honest in his press conferences thus far. I think that that has its place and, you know, fair, fair play to him. But he also calls it as he sees it. Um, and I don't think he's willing to be able to turn around and dress up a performance where, although the result is good, the performance wasn't. And, and I think that there's some fair merit to that. And, and I thought it was interesting in terms of his approach and how he kind of came out with it, that he wasn't fixated on purely the result. He knows he can get more out of this team. And I think that that's something that we've all been crying for. Four wins and four for him. I think it's looked fantastic in terms of on paper. But there's still further work to be able to try and do with that. And there's zero doubt to my mind is that he's got one eye on some of the returning players, which obviously we'll talk about in just a moment. And interesting, been... interesting though, that he's, he's, got, he's, he's adopted that approach, though, for me, because he, he knows that there's more that he can get out of them. Yeah, yeah, 100%, Cammy, and I think he's been fairly consistent with that approach throughout his, albeit short time back here so far in the manager's role. If you think back to, of course, that, that 3-2 win at Pataudry, <laughs> I, I don't know how he managed to, to show such kind of self-restraint to just stand there and look incredibly unamused at the performance, which he had every right to be at. When we were talking during that game, for instance, we were talking about how unimpressive the performance was, how poor it was, how lackadaisical it was. And the result doesn't change that, but to have a manager who can kind of take that step back and almost detach himself from the emotion to an extent and have that broad, high-level overview and that perspective, I think is an incredibly positive thing. Same up at Dingwall, when he came in to talk to us in the press room, he said, I'm not going to lie to anyone, that was a classic, but I'm delighted with the three points. That's perfectly fine. I think he was the same again on Wednesday night. He was the same again when he spoke in the press conference earlier on today. Michael Beale knows what a big job he has in his hands here. I think he relishes Monday as an opportunity just to test how big that job is, really, against the um, our biggest rivals. And obviously, yeah, the champions are the champions for a reason. We need to go and try and dislodge them in that. That's going to be a long-term job for Michael Beale. He knows that. So to have that level of perspective and for him to be able to have that detachment of kind of almost from the emotion of the game, I think it's an incredibly good thing. And he's always had an eye on the players coming back. So, for instance, in his first game, he didn't have Goldson available, didn't have Ben Davies available, didn't have Warner Barisic available. He's then had injuries, and uh, you know, to Morelos had to go off injured the other night. So he's had all these players that he maybe would have liked to have used, maybe would have liked to have seen a wee bit more of that he's not been able to have the chance to do. Cholak and Roof have still not seen them back yet in a Michael Beale side. So there's all these different factors and all these different kind of moving parts at play. But from what I've seen and I've heard of Michael Beale, he is incredibly honest in these press conferences. You're right to say that. Maybe honest to a fault, I think some people have said so far. But he does definitely seem to be able to grasp the scale of the job he has under his belt here. And I think that's an incredibly positive thing. Yeah, and, and I think what's important with this is it's. I think that we've had enough to be kind of glum about, if that makes it. Like, I know that we've had, obviously, all the issues with Van Bronckhurst then moving. We're nowhere near what we want to be. I understand all of that. And I think you mentioned a great phrase earlier on where two things can be right. And I, I totally agree with that. I think that you can look at having a, a good set of results, um, a run of results, which obviously has been important. And we can't discount the fact that we've had players who, as we mentioned earlier on, have, have been square pegs and round holes. Players have had to play slightly out of position. Uh, we've had to rely on players and we've had to get players to be able to try and step up and, and, and really kind of show what they're made of. So you can't discount all of those things. But equally at the same time, I think, you know, the manager said it in his post-match where he said, you know, he expects Goldson to go and score five or six more. He expects Ben Davies to chip in with goals now as well. 
So I think it's fine to be able to say you've you've got a good result. The performance could be better, but that's the that's the measure of us being able to try and move forward. Um, and he's finding his feet within that as well. And I think all of these things together will be um, part of what we see throughout the course of the rest of the season as well. But let's move on to, to Monday's game against Celtic. I will you say Celtic. I don't want to offend Charlie Nicholas or anyone else from the Brains Trust for not being able to call them by their name. Heaven for fame, since I don't think Celtic have acknowledged us in about the last five years. But that's a separate conversation. Ross, um, I, I'm, I'm already starting to go through the range of the, the emotions that every Rangers fan goes through when you're in the build-up to the Old Firm game of, I don't know how good it will be, I'm worried, I'm stressed, I'm positive, I'm confident, the battle fever starts. It's already beginning to kind of bubble on in the background. And I'm sure like you and most people listening to this, you're already ignoring whatever the hell you're planning on doing in New Year's because actually you're just thinking about the 2nd of January. So um, you were at the press conference today, as you mentioned. Um, and I think one of the things that certainly concerned me, which the manager was going to address today, was Alfredo Morelos um, walked off. Uh, he did say post-match it was a tight hamstring, but he gave us a little bit more of an update regarding his uh, situation today, didn't he? Yes, so the kind of big headline breaking news, if you like, coming from Michael Beale's press conference was that Alfredo Morelos is available for the game on Monday and Antonio Cholak is also available for selection. He said Kamar Roof is a wee bit touch and go with it. I kind of read between the lines a wee bit there, Cammy. I don't think we'll see Kamar Roof feature on Monday. I'd be incredibly surprised given the way that Michael Beale was talking about him today if he did feature at any point on Monday. But Alfredo Morelos is available, and in my own personal opinion, I think he'll probably start. Interesting. So you think that that'll be his preference with Cholak probably in the bench? It would make sense, um, purely from the perspective of we've not seen Cholak in a Michael Beale team yet because he's been injured. He's not going to be match sharp in the same way that Alfredo Morelos is to an extent. And I think if Michael Beale wanted to try and see how Cholak would fit into his system... There's a million and one other other games I'd rather see him do it and then again Celtic at home. So I think it would probably be the preference of the management as well if Alfredo Morelos can start. That is the most continuity you could have between that, the previous four games that we've just played. So should Morelos come through the rest of the weekend okay and fit and firing and able to start against Celtic, then I would be incredibly surprised if we went with anything else. Yeah, and listen, it's interesting when you know you've heard people talk about it because Cholak is, I think for me, you know, pre-injury probably been our best signing um, of the season thus far. I think Malik Tillman is now starting to come into that a little bit more. I'll, I'll touch on him in just a second regarding the old firm game. Um, but Morelos has the experience. You know, he he's got the understanding of the physical elements of that game, I've got zero doubt he'll want to put himself straight into that. This could be, depending on what happens, you know, the run of his uh, last ever Old Firm games. Um, and he might want to be able to go and, uh, you know, make a statement, be able to go and, and make sure that Celtic fans certainly remember who he is because, you know, there's there's been points to, I think been points in these recent games where you've started to see some of the old Alfie back. There's zero doubt, and let's not dance around it, of, of his overall fitness levels, his overall, you know, his physical condition. Every game, I think he starts to get back to that. Theoretically, is this old firm game a little bit too soon for that? Yeah, more than likely. But at the same point, a goal-scoring, hungry Alfredo Morelos, for me, I think is a real key component when you put him into an old firm game at Ibrox. 
A goal-scoring, hungry Alfredo Morelos is the greatest asset this Rangers team has, and that's been true for years. Um, I agree with you totally, by the way. I think Cholak is probably our best signing of the season. You could make a case for Malik Tillman, and he's growing into that role, like you correctly said. But there is no getting away from what Alfredo Morelos can offer this Rangers team, for what he can offer in terms of output and getting us up the pitch and bullying defenders and all the things that we have seen Alfredo Morelos do for Rangers. He is still our greatest asset if he's in that mode. Is he in that mode? Mm, that's the that's the concern. There's multiple reasons for that, of course. You mentioned these fitness levels. Michael Beale has said that Morelos has had to play through the, the pain barrier a bit, so that's obviously had a contributing factor to there. But generally, I don't think the players around them are really in that mode yet. This is another thing that Michael Beale mentioned today, can be that Celtic are the team with the momentum and the rhythm, and it's where we need to get to as a side if we want to try and match them and obviously eventually overtake them as well. They're coming into it with that kind of confidence. They're coming into it in that rhythm. All their players are pretty much in a groove. We are still coming into it from a pretty disjointed base because the performances haven't been there despite the results. So it's kind of multifaceted in that sense. But even still, you've seen Morelos in the last couple of games. You've seen the fact that he has been on the score sheet. I think that goal against Motherwell was classic Alfie, just finding space in the box, rolling the defender being on the end of a Borna Barisic's cross. Now, if we can do that against Celtic, then he will pose a genuine and real threat, but we need to be able to get the ball to him. And I think, Cammy, that's probably going to be half the battle on Monday. We need to be brave on the ball, we need to be brave in possession, and we need to try and get the ball to the players who can actually go and hurt Celtic. So that doesn't mean kind of languid passing around the back in the middle of the park. We need to be brave in possession. And I was quite encouraged today as well when Michael Beale said that we're not going to take a back foot against Celtic and we won't take a back foot against anyone that comes to Ibrooks. So I think he's probably translating that message to the players, or God, at least I hope he is. So if we go in with that positive mindset and that attitude of if we get the ball to Morelos or to other players who can hurt Celtic, then we can go and hurt them, which I think we can. I do genuinely think this Celtic defence could be got at. Then we'll give ourselves a chance. I understand that they're coming into the, the game with the momentum and, and the rhythm, like Michael Beale said, but there is ways and means in which we can get at them and which we can hurt them on Monday. If we can exploit that, then we give ourselves a good fighting chance. Well, what are the best ways to be able to do that? I think you should say, because we, we, we need to shore up the defence lately. We know that it's been it's been a little bit patchwork at times because of injuries and obviously players having to come back from the World Cup, etc. But the big thing, I think, for me, Ross, is everybody has to stand up. Everybody has to be able to try and, and, and take accountability for what they are doing in their own jobs in the park. And listen, this sounds basic. I know we're talking about this and we will be talking about this in 2023, but all fun games can be won or lost by players winning their own individual battles. And that will just have to be the case for some players. Now, one of them, I do, well, there's a couple I want to talk about. One of them in particular, however, we just mentioned there, Malik Tillman. And Tillman's generated, I think, Ross, some really interesting conversation because there's times where... I think he looks like a brilliant ball player. My own personal viewpoint is that there's parts of this where he maybe struggles a little bit with the physical side of the Scottish game. I think that Celtic can play the dark arts enough where if they can see that or they know that that's something that could could be exploited, and I think that they'll do it. Um, we've seen that with other players before. What Michael Beale has to do at this point in time is he has to be able to get guys like Malik Tillman believing that he absolutely can perform on that stage and that in some cases he'll be able to control the game 
um, pretty quick because we've seen him do it already. He's got a couple of goals under his belt in recent games as well, uh, which again, as I say, will give him that confidence boost. But there's going to be a point in this where, you know, I think he's going to have to properly stand up here almost to a certain extent, you know, ride the rough tackles, been able to try and do all that. Because as you mentioned there, with the momentum that Celtic have, with them being able to come to Ibrox, they'll know that if they can lay a few punches on us, then, you know, we might back out into the corner. That's the thing that Michael Beal has to be able to remedy. And I think Malik Tillman's probably one of those guys that you have to say to him, look, just stand up to this, just ride it out because your skill will beat them. And that's the most important thing. Malik Tillman, should he start, will be one of the most dangerous players on that pitch. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind about that. The worry is exactly like you said, that Celtic try and, if not kick him out of the game, and attempt to bully him out of the game. From a Rangers perspective, if we are going to beat Celtic on Monday and Malik Tillman starts, he has to have a fantastic game because he is one of those danger men, like I mentioned. If you think of the three players that you'd want to try and get the ball to so they can hurt Celtic, it's Morelos, it's Tillman and it's Kent. So Tillman is in that, that kind of tripod of players you really want to kind of stand up and have an absolutely huge game. We've seen Ryan Kent do it before when he was on loan at Rangers and he stood up and he made himself counted and really dominated against Celtic. We need to see a similar level of performance from Malik Tillman. Now, as a player, I love Tillman. I love what he brings to this Rangers side. I love the output he brings to this Rangers side. And I love that, that kind of cockiness almost when he when he's on the ball. He'll try things. It won't always work, but he'll keep demanding the ball and he'll keep going again. That's bravery. Right there, how often on Patreon can we do we speak about it? Bravery is not going and absolutely clattering someone just for the sake of it. Bravery is, is when the going gets tough and your back's up against the wall. Keep trying to demand the ball and keep doing what you're doing and playing your game. Malik Tillman does that. The concern, like you said, is that he does manage to get bullied out of the game. And the other concern would be, can he actually stand up to that level of pressure? It's a lot to put on the shoulders of a 20-year-old. And I think we do become quite guilty at times. I'm certainly guilty of it. I hold my hands up here of forgetting just how young Malik Tillman is, but that's because of the quality level that he has. It's because of the output that he has. It's because we know what he can bring to this Ranger side. There is no greater game he will have the opportunity to really go and showcase that than against Celtic on Monday. So, I, I don't, don't get me wrong, I have my doubts in my head at one point whether he might start, whether Michael Beale might be tempted to go with someone like a Scott Arfield just to give you that level of bite, but the more I've been sitting thinking about it and the more I've been kind of tossing it and turning it in my head, I think Malik Tillman absolutely does have to start, but he needs to be able to shoulder that pressure of being the man and really kind of step into that limelight. Does he have the ability? Without question. Absolutely no doubt in my mind he has the ability to do that. It's just about whether he is mentally ready to take that next step and absolutely be the main man in this Ranger side because he has the ability to do that. And if he does want to do it, do it on Monday. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned Arfield there. I, I don't think he can start Scott Arfield, is my honest opinion. I don't. I, I think you agree with that. I think that Arfield has far more of his impact as a sub. Um, if it's going to be Lundstrom, which I think it's going to have to be potentially Ryan Jack involved within that as well, then we're going to have to try and see as to how... I don't necessarily want to protect Tillman. I, I want him to be able to express himself, but not have the fear, not have the, the, the worry that someone's going to come in and clatter him and he's not going to be able to continue. If it happens, it happens, but he's going to have to get up and dust himself off. 
the other and player Cam, one sorry, sorry Cam, I was going to say that's where us as fans we have a role to play in that as well I think because like I mentioned Tillman will try things and they won't always work just Tillman start on Monday he is going to try play passes to Morelos and Kent that won't always come off some of them will go astray some of them will be intercepted but we have seen enough from Malik Tillman now to know that just don't get on his back it goes for the entire team stay with the team on Monday because Christ knows they will need us so if you stay with the team and stay with Tillman, we know they can produce moments of quality. We need to stay with him. And just as I say, don't put them under more pressure than they already are under. And it's it's frustrating as hell. And it goes against every kind of natural instinct that I've definitely got. But if you just kind of stay with the players, don't get on their back. They absolutely do need us on Monday. I definitely feel that. Yeah, and I do agree with that. I think there's also a point, though, that, you know, we're well into the season now. This isn't the first old firm game in the season. You're hoping that, the players, especially with a new manager, a new management group being in there. I think it's fair to say we have seen, you know, the the, the players somewhat revitalised. And again, it can feel like a little bit as if we are praising with one hand in terms of the results and criticising with the other in terms of the performances. But yet at the same point as well, you know, coming back in the dying minutes against Aberdeen, being able to put on a decent show against Hibs at home, you know, it's not how we would want to win games, of course not, but we are winning games and that's the most important thing. And I think that those players have to then say that this is the test for them now. We have been humiliated in Europe and then therefore we need to be able to make sure that we put as much effort into everything we can domestically. Um, and sometimes that's a mental effort. And I agree with you in terms of I want the, the fans behind them. I think that the fans will get behind them. I think that it'll, it'll create its own atmosphere as obviously all fun games do. But the most important thing for us in my opinion, Ross, is that we provide that support to, to everyone looking to be able to try and generate another idea that we've seen if they just default to, to the basic template just simply won't work. So now they've got that opportunity to be a wee bit more creative. And in, in that particular space, that gives me a nice opportunity to talk about this with you. Um, is the role of Ryan Kent uh, on Monday. Kent, I think, has, we've now seen under the BO system, has, has been brought in more centrally. Um I think, if I remember rightly, and forgive me for misquoting this, I'm sure it was the Rangers review, potentially, uh, Josh Abari, who had put up a, a, a like a touch, like heat map, pre and post. And you can see predominantly prior to Beale's arrival, it was all out on the left, as you would pretty much expect. Um, not necessarily a criticism toward Kent, because I think teams have wisened up to him now, but it was pretty ineffective coming inside and being able to try and play through more centrally. He's got far more of the ball. He's getting far more opportunity to be able to do things. I I think that this will be a Ryan Kent uh, position that we've never seen against Celtic. Uh, I don't really remember him um, in his time at Rangers ever playing so centrally in an old firm game. And I think that that will provide a, certainly another X factor, if you will, in terms of how Celtic will look to be able to try and deal with him. And I definitely like Kent in that role because it gives him a lot of autonomy and it gives him a lot of space to try and run into it and it gives him the options to try and play passes either side. I think Kent is very much wasted when you just try and move him out onto the left-hand side because you're limiting what he's capable to do on the ball. I think if you play him centrally, he causes defenders a lot more problems because he can drift out onto the left or he can drift out onto the right or push up or pull back. You know, It just adds that new dynamic to his game. And like we said, we spoke about big players stepping up in big moments and big matches. Ryan Kent has been there and done it for Rangers in this fixture. He's scored against Celtic. He's assisted against Celtic. He's absolutely tormented Celtic and Celtic fans for years. But this is another player who we really need to try and see the best of on Monday if we're going to get a result. He has the absolute ability 
to step up because he's done it and he now has a license to do it in that new role. So I'm really excited to see how that actually translates because obviously it's the best opposition, it's the best quality of opposition he'll have done it against uh, in, in this new role, in this more central position. But I think the excitement comes from him having that license to drift out and be a lot more creative on the ball. And if you're giving your creative players that license, then it allows them to go and hurt teams in the way that we would want them to do. So we spoke about Tillman having the opportunity to step up and be the man. I think we already look at Ryan Kent as the man, but he's got the opportunity to take that to another level in a different capacity on Monday. And I'm really, really actually quite excited to see how he steps up to that. Well, with all said and done then, I mean, that sounds like a very nice, logical conversation that we've had. However, I think you and I both know that that all tends to go out the window, usually about... Uh, the, the, the minute we stop before. recording. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about how you think that this game, this game will go. Where do you see, of the three potential outcomes, I, I think we agree a loss is the league is done. I think if we talk about a draw, then... It's pretty much back to Scott. It feels a little bit to me like you mentioned it earlier on. A win for us would be phenomenal, right? I want to win every single old fun game we're in. I don't care if the league's over or not, right? I, I despise losing to them or dropping points to them in any any manner whatsoever. But one of the things I think that you hit there was could it be the case that we could disrupt that momentum? And listen, I've 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 seen plenty of old fun games where somebody loses them. The, or sorry, beg your pardon, somebody wins them and then drops points the following week, right? It happens more often than not in terms of um, if you were to lose a bit of focus or whatever happens, because as I say, the old firm games have their own particular you know, aura around them. But what I want to know from you, Ross, is if we were able to get that win from them, do you think that that then gives them, destabilises them, gives them a little bit of things to be able to try and think about? Um, and do we then look at, well, that gives us the, the opportunity to step forward the transfer windows around the corner. Theoretically, could we bolster that if we were able to get a win, get it back to six points? How do you see that potential outcome? Oh, right. Well, I think earlier on I mentioned the words fighting chance, and I don't say that because I, I don't believe this Rangers team is capable of beating the Celtic team. It's not that for a second because we absolutely do have the ability. But Celtic are coming into this in a run of, I believe, 12 league wins in a row. We are coming into pretty much having scraped four of those are four really really good wins in the context of it so I think we need to be aware and again the manager said this himself today that Celtic are the team with the momentum and the team with the rhythm but that hasn't been disrupted in any real capacity so if we give ourselves the opportunity we give ourselves a platform on Monday to go and get a win which right would be absolutely phenomenal then it doesn't massively dent the league position that just reduces the, the deficit from nine points to six. But psychologically, it's huge because it does start to sow that seed of doubt, which I don't really think has happened to this Celtic team. They've been flying for the best part of a year. And I'm never going to sit and credit Celtic on the Rangers podcast, but it's something that we've not been able to stop. We've, you know, gave them wee jabs and bloody noses, the Scottish Cup semi-final being the obvious one, but we've not managed to really put a dent in that momentum in the league. And momentum's a massive thing in football. We all know this, what an important role that can play. We've seen it ourselves when we won 55 because we had that momentum. Just sort of that, that avalanche, that snowball effect where you just keep going and going and going. There needs to be some kind of hard stop at the end of that from a Rangers perspective. We need to be able to put a barrier up somewhere and stop that momentum. 
Now you're right, it'd be just as easy for us to go and um, and it actually wouldn't even surprise me that much if we were to go and get a result against Celtic and then throw it away against Dundee United a week later because we've seen it happen before. But the thing is with this Celtic side is they do not look like they are liable to drop many points against the other teams in the league. They are far more consistent against the other teams in the league than we have been. And we need to get into that position ourselves. But first and foremost, and immediately speaking, we have the opportunity to put a dent in their momentum and sow that seed of doubt. So if we can do that, then God knows how much, you know, uh, how much of a boost that could be to Rangers with other additions coming in in January and hopefully building a bit of momentum ourselves. Against that, though, and this this is my big worry, is it okay if we lose then the, the league is, is done, it's gone, it's hanging by a thread that now, really, I think most people have probably already mentally conceded it, but this is a chance to really try and get it back on track if you want. I worry about the psychological damage it could do to us if... Um, if we are to go and get beat on Monday because we are just now getting back into a position where we are building momentum ourselves. We are winning games that we wouldn't usually win. We're trying to get back into that groove of being relentless. So that would be a setback if Celtic can go beat us on Monday. On the flip side, on the positive, which is the way I'm trying to be and the way I'm trying to look at, if we can go put a hard stop in that momentum for Celtic, which is a win, a draw, you know, it slows it down a bit but it does us no use in the league if we can put that hard stop on their momentum and give ourselves hope at a bit of a platform for something to challenge for then that could be huge for the rest of the season equally there's m- many other things we need to do on the back of that as well we need to be far more consistent against the draws ourselves we need to be able to build up momentum ourselves but the most immediate opportunity we have Cami, is to go and kill their momentum and that's the big the, the big motivator for me come on Monday Yeah I agree with that I think I think that kind of strange feeling that's kind of been around the place at the moment is because I think that the supporters have become disenfranchised with the players. And I think beating Celtic starts to get you, you know, the, the, the goodwill back again. And that's that's something which has to happen and that will create its own particular relationship again with, it, with this group of players. Um, I've got zero doubt that, again, like I say, it will create its own... Uh, its own atmosphere and its own particular degrees of context that will come around from it. But once the dust settles on that, as you rightly say, irrespective, we need to be able to try and look towards what we're building towards. And uh, that will be Dundee United, that will be transfer signings, that will be bringing players back from injuries, potentially players going out the door, you don't know. So, yeah, we need to be able to focus on Celtic and then get the, the, the most out of this game because, as you just mentioned there, the potential ripple effect of a win um, on Monday afternoon would be absolutely phenomenal. If you'd like to hear more um, from Ross, myself, and a whole host of, of our fantastic podders, please join us um, on our Patreon site, which is patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. Uh, you can jump on there and get shows as little as a couple of quid. You can get up to five shows a day, and you'll have all of the old firm of build up and fallout um, as we, uh, we look to be able to try and put our old enemies to the sword once again. Um, my thanks to our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Myers. Um, and most importantly, thank you so much to Ross for joining me today. No, thank you very much, Cami. Thank you, listeners. I hope you all have a wonderful new year when it comes. And more importantly, I hope your team wins on Monday. Yep, absolutely, folks. Have a great new year. Uh, I hope you see in the bells in proper fashion. Thanks now. Bye-bye.
Podcast Network. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.